Well, good morning, church. Thanks so much for letting me come to you in this form as we are away for the weekend. But I so much wanted to share this last message with you, me to you, as we've been studying and talking about the last few verses of John. And we've talked about the Palm Sunday and his triumphal entry. We talked about the crucifixion and leading up to that. And we talked last week, of course, in our celebration Sunday of the resurrection and what that meant to his followers and then what happened with that afterwards but this week i want to talk to you about a passage that you may have read a few times and my guess would be you might have read it and kind of read past it and said hey that's a neat passage but we want to take the time in this message to break down some of the terms and ask what is it the author was meaning what is it the speaker is meaning in this passage when he speaks and you'll see Jesus and Peter are the ones dialoguing in this passage. So here's what I need. I need you to get your Bible out. If you've not yet, you've been warned a couple times in this service, right? Huh? But if you've not yet heeded those warnings, go get your Bible. You need to have it open in front of you. If you have your phone in front of you, go to your Bible app or just simply Google John 21 verses 15 through 17. But it's so important that you have it in front of you and work through it on your own. So we're going to take a look at this passage, and we want to ask a few questions about it this morning. Now, let me catch you up. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to several now, his disciples, uh, to Mary. Um, and then we have this interesting dialogue where Jesus, uh, the disciples, excuse me, are out fishing again, and Jesus appears to them. Uh, they had gone back, we talked last week, to some comfort that they were looking for, and uh, they were out grieving and fishing, and Jesus comes to them. This is where we pick up this passage this week. In fact, the very first verse tells us that this is right after they were done fishing. They were eating what they had caught. And so let's take a look at it. I think I've given you enough time now to grab your Bible, to open it up. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. I told you a few weeks ago, if you remember, it is not the job of the pastor to entertain you. All right. But to lead you and guide you in the scripture and to help orate if uh, that is available this morning. And so that's what I'm trying to do. You put your eyes on the scripture and follow with me today. John chapter 21, verse 15. It says this. When they had finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, you know him, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Then Jesus asked the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time. I mean, come on, Jesus, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. It's an interesting passage, and it, you may have already popped into your head this dialogue with Peter. It actually has three different questions that are asked of Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter's response, yes, yes, yes. Your mind might have already gone to another three-time occasion that involved Peter. On the night just before Jesus would go to his cross, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. No way! Not going to happen, Jesus. 
Sure enough, as the scripture records, Peter denies Jesus three times. And so here we get this interesting three dialogue too. It's actually a form of redemption or a redemption offer here to Peter and then a purpose offer as well. Now, let's just pause. Do you hear what he's saying? There is always in Jesus the offer of redemption and the offer of purpose. Did you need to hear that this morning? Before we even break anything else down, do you need to know this morning, no matter what has been involved in your life, where you're at right now, and what has led you to this point, there is redemption in Christ available to you, and there is purpose, life, meaning offered to you. You may just need to pause right now and say, Lord, thank you. I receive your redemption. Thank you. And I receive your purpose. And start anew with Christ today. So let's jump back into the passage. Uh, we notice at the very beginning, when they were finished eating, they had just done all this fishing, so they're eating there. Jesus turns to Peter, their close relationship, right? You might know Peter later to have a very significant role in the book of Acts and the launching of churches and the spreading of Christianity in the book of Acts. And so here he asked him, Simon, do you love me more than these? Now, it's really important that you understand that there's a couple different forms of the word love that show up in this passage. Jesus, when he asked the question right here in the first time, he is saying, hey, hey, Peter, do you agapeo me? Meaning, do you love me dearly? We've heard it said in the in the in the terms of is it unconditional love? Love that's not quite tied to conditions. It's not quite tied to circumstances. Is there this deep, full uh, love? Does love me dearly that sticks? We might think of this as what real marriage love is to look like here, that we would walk through thick and thin. We say that in our vows, don't we? All of the four type statements. Well, that's what Jesus is asking here. Peter. Do you agape me? Do you agape me? And Peter says, Lord, of course I love you. Of course. But there's an interesting dynamic. Peter actually responds, of course, Jesus, I phileo you. I phileo you. It's a different Greek word. And this word actually means to be a friend of. And, and we could look at that as maybe conditional if you want to say that, but to be a friend of, a friendship love, a brotherly love there, significant. Right? I mean, brotherly love is important. When we talk in terms of, you know, the bond that's tighter than brothers and that type of thing, we remember the, the show many of us watched decades ago called Band of Brothers. Uh, those type of thoughts are powerful, but it's not what Jesus asked. Jesus says, hey, do you, do you kind of unconditionally uh, love me, this dear, deep love? And Peter said, look, you know, you know I love you. Do you love me? I, you know I love you. Peter's asking and responding, excuse me, to answering a different question. Jesus' response, would you feed my lambs? We'll come to that in just a minute. The second question Jesus asks is the same as the first. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you agapeo me? Verse 16. And Peter's got to be alone, like, do, we just did this, didn't we, Jesus? I mean, do we just have this question? He says, of course, you know, verse 16 there, I phileo you. I phileo you. I love you. 
And Jesus responds a different way, take care of my sheep. And then he says to a third time, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? But Jesus switches it up. He says, do you phileo me? Do you have a brotherly love for me? And Peter, like, man, I'm so disappointed you'd have to ask again, Jesus. Of course I phileo you. Of course I brotherly love for you. Of course I friend love you. I have that connection. In fact, he might say, like, you're like my best friend, Jesus. Significant love. But not not answering what Jesus originally asked. Jesus, you could say in some form, dumbs down the question. And Philip's response in the third, or excuse me, Peter's response in the third answer is actually on par with the question that he's being asked. Jesus takes it down a notch. Jesus is really analyzing and calling out, if you want to say, where, where Peter is really at and where his understanding really is of this devotion and love. Why? Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew where he was sending Peter. He knew what he was calling Peter to. He knew in this redemption that there would be a purpose and a mission that would be in front of Peter, and he would have to go all the way with it to have the impact that God desired to have through Peter. Well, thanks be to God, Peter gets it eventually. We find after Pentecost, after his time in the house of Cornelius, we're going to walk through that in the book of Acts in the next 13 weeks when we walk through that book Peter gets it. But right here, it's escaping Peter, at least the depth of what Jesus is asking. So those forms of love. I wonder this morning when you think about saying, I love Jesus. Jesus is number one. We ask the question, what does that mean? Have you evaluated what that statement means in your life? When you say, I love I mean, we say things like to my wife, Cherie, I say, I love you. I love you so dearly. If you go out today and buy me something wonderful for my birthday or Father's Day or Christmas, I will not love you any more or less because I love you so dearly. I have this unconditional love for you that can't necessarily grow or diminish based on a gift that you might hand to me. It is this embedded love. But I also say, man, I love tacos. Love them. Man, I love tacos, right? Or I say, oh, I love that movie. And maybe in six months, yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, I'm not ready to see it again, but it's fine. And we speak in love on these terms. What do we really mean? What do you mean when you say, I love Jesus? Jesus is number one. Have you evaluated that? Here's a second thing we want to ask is when we look at this, uh, their disciples, they're out fishing. Peter's out fishing here. He had actually kind of gone back to his previous life there. I don't think this was a, uh, uh, well, it was all wrong. Jesus went to the cross. He's dead. It's over. I think this was a grieving. This is a hurting. This is a confusion. What do I do? Where do we go now? And so it's natural to return to a comfort place while you're figuring that out. Jesus appears to them. But now Jesus, Jesus in these three questions, he actually says, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Jesus is recalling Peter to what he told him before, right? I will make you fisher of people. 
And it's like you went back to fishing for fish, right? But I want to recall you to this purpose and meaning that I have for your life. What do we, what do we fish with? What, what are we really talking about here? What do we do with fish? So Jesus, again, three different times speaks to Peter. He gives this kind of three uh, poignant directive statements about his calling and his purpose. The first he says, hey, do you agape me? <laughs> you know I phileo you. Okay, feed my lambs. Now, uh, you have to break down the language a little bit to understand these terms that are in there. This word is, is actually, in Greek, it's, it's bosco. And this word actually means to tend to, right? So when we think of feeding and tending to, uh, the translators putting the word feed, what you get the imagery of going and feeding and then going back to your normal life, going back to doing what you might do. You ask a neighbor, hey, do you mind coming over and feeding my dog? I'm going to be gone all afternoon. No problem. I'll tend to that. I will feed your dog. And so there's actually this, this calling here when Jesus is speaking, hey, here's, a, here's something you could do. Here's a purpose and meaning. Tend to Tend to my lambs, tend to, and remember, the connection is, the metaphor is to people. I'll take care of them. The pop in and out kind of understanding, that's the first thing Jesus says. But then the second says, hey, do you agape me, agape me? And he, he said, you know I phileo you. Okay, listen, take care of my sheep. Now, when we look at that, the second thing it's, it's a different word there. It's not this word for tend anymore. It's poneano is this second Greek term that shows up here, and it actually means to shepherd. Now, if you look at shepherding, and that's obviously not a background I have. I've got to study it like you. When we look at that, we understand that a shepherd is not just popping in and feeding a sheep and going on with their day. This is their main focus. This is what they do. They feed the sheep, yes, but they also care for the sheep. They watch for the sheep. They count the sheep. They look for invaders, you know, wolves that might invade there. I mean, they're looking for all of those type of things. They are shepherding, watching over. And when we think of terms of shepherding people, like we don't just pop in every once in a while, right, and say, hey, here's a sermon for you. I'm going to give you a little food this morning. Hope you take it up. But we actually check in and say, hey, just want to check in. How are things going? Hey, just want to let you know I've been praying for you. Hey, if you need to talk, give me a holler and let me know. I'd love to talk with you. Hey, you know, we haven't seen you around in a little while. I, I, I really want to encourage you. Stay plugged in on Sunday mornings, but, but stay plugged into God's word throughout your week. And if there's anything I can explain or help you along, you start to see a depth in that. That is shepherding and caring. We have often reduced this role to a pastor, to some type of teacher or leader. When what we're picking up on here is that Jesus is actually starting to assign this type of understanding to these followers here. And we actually see this actually starts to play out in the life of just what a Christian does for people. So that's the second thing. Hey, will you agape me? Hey, you know I flail you. Well, you know, shepherd my people. Shepherd. Peter still hasn't quite got it. He asked him a third time. Hey, do you, dumbs it down, flail me? Peter says, you know I flail you. 
And then Jesus goes back to the original word and says, the, the bosco, tend to my sheep. Tend to them. And he says, listen, Peter, if this is all you have to understand and give right now, go do it. If right now your, your full understanding of devotion and following me and your purpose and meaning is just popping in and feeding and leaving, then go do that at least. Go do that. Now, I don't know if Jesus is sad. I don't know if he's kind of bummed out here. But I know this. Jesus is calling Peter up to something greater. He's calling him to actually care for people in a deep way uh, where he is actually embedding his life in other people. He's actually, in some ways, giving up of himself to care for other people, and Peter can't quite see it at this point. And so Jesus says, <laughs> well, this is our starting point. Tend, tend my sheep. Take care of them at this point. It's an interesting dialogue here, almost like in the three denials that Jesus was offering three opportunities of redemption fully. And it's not that I wouldn't say Peter it doesn't walk away restored and redeemed, but he doesn't fully have it yet. Now, we might get on Peter. We might say, what's the matter with you, Peter? You know, wise up. You know, come on, you denied, now it's your time, let's go. In a half-hour TV show, or maybe even an hour-and-a-half movie, you know, there's only one opportunity at redemption. You've got to take it and run with it as the main character. But here what we see is Peter gets some of it. It's part of the journey. And now Jesus is going to challenge him and inspire him to more that we'll see in the book of Acts. It continues as we start next week going through that series. And we'll see Peter, and we'll see John, and we'll see Paul, and Barnabas, and Silas, and the list goes on, and we'll see how God calls them to purpose and meaning. So here's a couple takeaways from this passage that I think can be influential for you and for I. The first is this. Deeper love for Jesus is not dictated by conditions. You need to hear that. Deeper love for Jesus is not dictated by conditions. Listen, I have a, a friend, and, 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 and I love this friend, right? And last year at Easter, they were going through a really difficult time. It wasn't really COVID-related, but it's not like COVID helped. And they were going through a difficult time, and I saw this longing, this reaching out to Jesus, you know, this, this help me God, help me God kind of thing. This Easter, things are going pretty well. Nice new job. New setup, new house, things are going pretty good. Not much calling out to God. Not much calling out to Jesus. Now, I'm not just judging this from social media. This is a friend. We talk, right? We know, all right? Not much calling out conditions. It flip-flops sometimes the other way. When things are going well, thank you, God. I praise you, God. Thank you so much for your provision. When things are going ba bad, you know... <laughs> God, I just, I just, I got to take a break from you. I think I'm done with you. At least done with you for now. Deeper love for Jesus isn't dictated by conditions. Listen, I'm not talking about that this morning you have to have this well of emotion, right, to call the I have deeper love because my emotion is so deep. I mean, I raised my hands in singing this morning. That's not necessarily what we mean. But you could start with saying, I know my conditions, 
I know what I'm walking through this morning. Some of it's great. Some of it is terrible. You know, some of it, I love this. Some of it, I hate this. And you can consciously, intentionally say, I will not waver in my faith and my pursuit of Jesus every day because of either one of those conditions. My pursuit of Jesus, my connection with Jesus, and yes, my love for Jesus will be concrete. That's an intentional commitment. You don't have to be pushed and swayed. You can declare and claim this morning that it will be concrete and it will not be dictated by conditions. Now, can you do that totally alone? We're not designed to be alone. We're designed to let a church come alongside of us. We're designed to have other Christians and believers. We're designed to open up this book every day. In fact, I was thinking about this this week. Why do we sometimes feel like we need to be wowed by a preacher? Yeah, like to be just, wow, you know, they made scripture so come alive. Well, I'm telling you, for many Christians, it's because they're never in this word on their own. So they need somebody else to make it come alive, quote unquote. In reality, if you would open up this scripture every day, how you interact with a preacher and what you think you need by their style would change dramatically. And it would help you to understand conditions don't have to dictate this deeper love for Jesus. Here's the second takeaway this morning. Deeper love for Jesus is measured by how you care for the people of Jesus. That's right. If you will really care for the people of Jesus, it actually is a model, right? It it actually shows uh, people how much this deeper love for Jesus is really in you. Listen, I'm a pastor, right? But I would lie to you if every time somebody called, if every time somebody walked in off the street and they needed help and they needed care, sometimes it's just sitting and listening. And I know I'm not going to have much to offer this. They don't really want that, but they really want to be heard. And I just have to sit and listen. If every single time any of that happened, if I just gushed with joy and excitement, I'd be lying to you. But, you know, there's a joy of knowing this is what God has called me to. And listen, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, which means you as a follower of Jesus Christ are called to the same same thing, to care for the people of Jesus. Jesus actually offered two different ways for Peter to care for the people of Jesus. More of kind of a pop-in, feed, take care of, check. Everybody good? Okay, good, I'm out. Or embed yourself. You be the one that keeps looking in to see how somebody's doing. I guarantee there's somebody in your life right now, today, at this moment, you know you need to check in on. That you need to shepherd, as the word that Jesus used, and care for them in that way. In fact, there are some people that you know about long before any pastor is going to know about. And so step out and care for them. In fact, that is what we're saying. Your deeper love for Jesus is measured by how you care for the people of Jesus. So if we're not going to care for people, let's not go around proclaiming our deep love for Jesus. Let's not sing about it, uh, right? Let's not raise our hands to it. Let's not say Jesus number one in all of this if we're not going to have a deeper love for people and care for people. That's our takeaways this morning. 
deeper love for Jesus. It's not dictated by conditions. What joy you'll find in your Christianity if you understand that. Deeper love is measured by how you care for others. What joy you will bring to them when you understand this. So a simple passage we walk through this morning, breaking down what it means and then how it applies to our life. You have, in that way, learned another form of Bible study that we've been talking about. Read a passage, look at some terms that you're not quite sure what they mean, especially if terms that are repeating, and then ask, what does this mean for my life? I want to pray for you this morning. Uh, Thank you so much again for letting me do it in this way. I know some of you are sitting in the sanctuary and your necks are like this, trying to look at the screen, and I really appreciate it from you guys. Those of you at home, it's, I know, it's like no different here. So I hope you enjoyed it uh, in this way. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for a simple passage Lord, for your gentle yet really direct confrontation of Peter and speaking into them in a pretty direct way and speaking uh, and calling him. But Lord, you're so loving and gentle at times too. Father, I believe this morning somebody needs to hear that they are offered redemption and purpose. Lord, I believe there's somebody else right here this morning that needs to realize that their conditions have been dictating their Christian walk and their love for you and they're swayed and they won't get where you've called them to go because we all deal with rough rough conditions. And Father, there's somebody here this morning that has said and declared their love for you, but they have many times, maybe continuously, refused to care and love your people. Father, there's so much to call us up to this morning. So would you do it, Lord? Would right now, while even when I'm talking, if you're sitting here, if you're at home, would you do a little business with God? Would you say, God, thank you for your redemption. I receive it. Lord, thank you for your calling and your purpose. I receive it. Lord, thank you for the word about conditions that this morning I would declare intentionally. I will not let my, my circumstance, my conditions dictate my faith. And then would you this morning, could you say, I'm going to love people. I'm going to care for people. Love can sometimes just be verbal. We say it. But care is a pretty strong action word. I'm going to go care for the people as God, Jesus has called us up to. Go and be the church in this way. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. Thank you so much uh, for Uh, this and I just appreciate you letting me come this way now this week we are going to transition to the book of Acts and next Sunday I'm going to start from Acts chapter 1 we're calling it Acts season 1 chapter 1 and we'll go all the way through uh, there and uh, and work through that so you can get kind of a pre-start open your Bible go read the book of Acts start with chapter 1 and just you can read chapter 1 every day and just kind of digest it in your spirit and reflect on that and then we'll jump into it together next Sunday morning Lord bless have a great rest of your day